Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly this 1980s Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me one last time on this particular journey through time and space is... <laughs> Rob Kelly. Well, Rob, here we are. We did it. Uh, We're done. Yeah, yeah, I think one of us has to kiss the other into forgetting all this, or we could just cover listener feedback, whichever you want to do. Let's, you know? let's, let's do listener feedback. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think so, so too. <laughs> we don't get Cindy and Kelly mad at us, you know. No, I don't so. want to get them mad yeah, <laughs> Okay, so yes, let's cover feedback. Uh, we'll cover feedback from the comment section on fireandwaterpodcast.com, and uh, we'll also have iTunes reviews and emails that uh, refer to Superman 2. This goes through all the episodes of Superman 2 Movie Minute, so let's get started. All right. Uh, for episode number one was Superman 2 Movie Minute, number one, obviously. Alert, alert, is uh, Rob <laughs> gives him. Gives these t- uh, episodes such cool titles, which I love. Uh, we got I really from- enjoy. I'm sorry, I don't mean. I really love doing these titles. Oh. So uh, I'm really. I made sure to put them all back in the feedback, so we can give. I can give myself one last little pat on the back because I really enjoy coming up with these episode titles. I do too, and I think I think some of them are funny when they, when I when I see them. Sometimes I know what you're going to do, and sometimes I don't. And I think it's I think it's awesome when some of them are are like I get a chuckle out of them. So uh, yeah, they're really great. I'm glad you highlighted them too. So that's what I, I want. So, I like. I, I always figured I want to just make you laugh when I don't tell you which ones I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, he'll <laughs> laugh when he gets to this one. It'll be perfect. Kind of like I zinged you with us kissing each other thing too, right? You know, so, uh, so. Z- zing is a word for it. Horrified is also another term we could use. But all right, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting let's get to the comments for the first episode <laughs> so episode number one was alert alert i said it again see uh yeah. ted kilvington uh we got comments from ted kilvington chuck coletta tim price claire stemp Ange, mick gothos mansion and jim guida and daniel doherty said when it comes to the christopher reeves superman movies i've noticed that the fans seem to be divided into one of two camps the donner loyalists and the Salkind supporters it's obvious which camp you guys are in. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you wear your love for Richard Donner on your sleeves. I just find it fascinating that while one group of fans remains fiercely devoted to Dick Donner and Tom Mankiewicz for taking the, what the Salkinds gave them and giving it the verisimilitude it needed, there's another contingent of fans who, while they appreciate what Donner brought to the table, insist that it's really the Salkinds who deserve all the credit for bringing Superman to the big screen in the first place. I do believe that the focal point of this divide stems from Superman 2. Superman the movie will always be my favorite, and nothing will ever displace it from that position, but I can't tell you how many people I know that claim Superman 2 is the superior Superman movie. 
Well, Daniel, as as podcasting history has shown, there are other people that that we know that think Superman two is superior to Superman the movie, and it almost caused a civil war between <laughs> podcast podcasters and nearly destroyed this network. And I actually still haven't forgiven Shag, so you know it's <laughs> that was an that was an ugly moment for the network to be sure. <laughs> I, no, know, I, I think you're right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I will say that if Richard Lester wants to come on the show like Dick Donner did, we'd be perfectly happy to talk to him. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've got you know, I've got a lot of nice things. I mean, I, I, I think, <clears throat> I, I think you know, I will say one thing. I'm and this other people might be kind of like rolling their eyes at this when I say this, but I'm actually kind of proud of us that as big a Dick Donner fans as we are, it, you know, because we're personal friends, uh, but. <laughs> That, that we actually did give Lester his due. Yeah, we did criticize some of the things he did, but we did point out when he did things that we really liked, things that were definitely his shots, the, you know, the parts of the film that were, that were under his direction. We called those out, especially in the Donner cut, because we mm-hmm. were like, yeah, Lester version's better over yeah. here. You know, I mean, of course, a lot of it's where they were using like screen tests and things like that, but just the... I mean, even if they had filmed it, you know, properly and used that same the, – the, the version of the script that was there, we liked the Lester cut version of, of that idea better than the Donner cut. But, but yeah, I, Daniel's right. I mean, there, there definitely is two camps. <laughs> I mean, you can even kind of – I mean, it's funny on all the, the material that's on the, uh, um, the Blu-rays and the DVDs, all the documentaries – uh, they're walking a thin line because they've got, you know, they're talking to Donner, then they're talking to Ilya Salkind, and they've got both of them, you know, on screen interviewing them. Mm-hmm. So they've got to be careful not to, you know, uh, the ugliness does come up, of course, uh, that, that Donner was fired, that they didn't get along, and then Donner was fired. Um, but they, it, it, they're definitely trying to walk that tightrope of, of, of not – you know, they're, they're basically praising Donner, but also trying not to tick the salt kinds off, too, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting uh, because Ilya Salkind is very, I mean, he, he, he goes to conventions and, and he's gone to the Superman celebration in Metropolis. He's still very involved uh, in in Superman. I mean, he'll talk, to, he'll give interviews. You know, he's definitely interested in staying involved in Superman. After the movies, he did the Superboy TV series. Uh, so he, he invested a lot of a lot of time in his life into Superman, you know. He friended so, yeah. me on Facebook because I host this show. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> so he's plugged <laughs> in. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, you know, as much as we love Donner, honestly, if these guys hadn't, you know, Warner Brothers wasn't out to make a Superman movie. It was these guys. It mm-hmm. was it was him and his father who who went out and said, you know, we think. Uh, well, Ilya actually convinced his dad he didn't know who Superman was. Con- you know, they they you know found the money. Uh, you know, as we jokingly talk about all the different accountants that are involved in the credits, uh, they found the money to to make this film. And and if it hadn't been for them, there w- we wouldn't be here talking about these movies at least at this time period. Warner yeah, Brothers, they, yeah, wouldn't have done it. Yeah, they believed in it when no one else did. So, yeah, I mean, like, like anything, especially movies, it's a collaborative effort. And you can't possibly point to one person and say, that's the reason why 
this thing worked. It's it's the the Salkinds put the money together. The Salkinds gave Richard Donner the chance. Donner really brought it home, and yeah, there were some problems. And Richard Lester brought his own stamp on it. Uh, and you know, I th- I thought we were I thought we were as fair as possible when we were watching the film. Is what was good. We said was good. What wasn't so good? We said wasn't so good. I I don't know. I think we were and like as you talked about, we got to the Donner cut. We were willing to say this stuff that Donner and Mankiewicz did wasn't that great. You know, we weren't just all. It's all good on one side or the other, and that's that's part of the reason why uh, I like podcasting with you, Chris. Is that we're you're you're very fair minded, and I like to try and do that too. So that I I think we did. I thought we did a, a, a. a good job of making sure that both sort of sides are represented. Now, maybe when we get Superman three, things will get a little, a little on the darker <laughs> side, but we'll worry about that then. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> uh, so for comments for Superman two number, Superman two movie minute number two, that's why they call them terrorists. We got comments from Mike Zumo, Tim Price, Siskoid and Gotho's mansion who asks is return of the living dead. Rob's favorite zombie movie. I think the answer to that is yes, Gothos. Uh, I love that movie. It's fun. It's profane. It's violent. It's got nudity in it. Uh, it's, it moves at a lightning pace. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great zombie movies out there. The Dawn of the Dead, of course, and I Trained to Busan, which is a more recent one, which I think is great. But I think Return of the Living Dead is, is my favorite. I haven't covered it on Film and Water yet. Maybe I'll have to do that sometime. So thank you for asking. That's the one with the tar man, right? The, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send oh, more yeah. cops. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> man, that movie's so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's. A, I, I'll be honest, when I first rented that movie back in the 80s, I was not expecting it to be basically a horror comedy. You know, yep, I, yep. I I had no idea, but I, I it was, it was, it's, it's fun as all get out. Yeah, so, yeah. I haven't seen that forever. I need to watch that. <laughs> uh, so for Superman 2 movie minute number three, best shirt rip ever, which uh, I gushed and gushed and gushed about. So that's why Rob had to name it best shirt rip ever. That's uh, a Chris Franklin direct quote. <laughs> it is. Uh, that's one thing me and Michael Bailey do agree on. That's the best shirt rip ever. Uh <laughs> Uh, we got comments from Gene Hendricks, Mike Zumo, Gothos Mansion, Dan Doherty, Jim Guida, and Doug Van Diver, and Tim Price, who said, we're getting to see peak Lois Lane, doing whatever it takes to get the story to the point of not necessarily thinking it through. So fun. Yeah, definitely. This is, you know, I think we talked about this, but Lois, you know, climbing up the Eiffel Tower when there's terrorists up the top of it and getting on an elevator and, and you know, the underside of an elevator. I mean, this is this is the Fleischer Lois Lane who'll yeah. jump in, jump inside a flying robot just to get a story, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's 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 very much Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, like the better stories from that book of where she was tough and plucky, and it's a great moment for uh, Margot Kidder. It's really cool that like you so many think about the beginning of that movie, how much is given over to her, not Superman. Uh, so yeah, it's a terrific sequence. Definitely. So all right, for Superman two movie minute number four, the Nuclear Man. We got comments from <laughs> Matt Sor- Matt Royce, Dan Doherty, Doug Van Diver, Tim Price, and Claire Stemp, who says, "Great episode, guys. I always assumed that Lois began spelling out Nobel because she couldn't spell Pulitzer. When she realized that she couldn't spell Pulitzer, she switched to Nobel because it was easier. In her panic state, I'm not sure if she was even worrying about whether she qualified for the award. That's <laughs> Claire." That is a really great no prize of that scene because when you watch it, it does make a lot of sense because she does start to spell Pulitzer and then stops and moves on to Nobel. So that's a that's a great way to uh, to explain all that. So well done, Claire. Yeah, because we know Lois can't spell. You know, there's only one P in rapist. That's yeah, right. So. That's right. 
<laughs> I just want to say I love the title, Destroy Superman, you know, the nuclear man. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Pillow Lives. Uh, oh, Superman boy. 2, movie minute number five, uncredited. Uh, we have uh, comments from Ange, Jack Robinson, Tim Price, Ward Hill, Terry, Jim Guida, Ice D, and Schizopolis 23. And Gothos Mansion, I had to, sorry, I had to read that again. It's like the nice, cool, cool name. I just, I, you know, it's early in the morning and I can't read very well. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gothos Mansion wrote in to say, my theory on why Lois smokes more in Superman 2, product placement money for Marlboro. Mar- I can't say Marlboro either. Marlboro. Uh, look how many Marlboro signs show up during the fight in Metropolis. What better way for Marlboro to make smoking look glamorous than by showing the leading lady smoking? At least Saul Kine Lester and company didn't have Superman lighting up. Product placement was old hat by 1981, though. Have you ever noticed how many times someone drives past the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Goldfinger? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> now that I'm older, I hate the scene of the cab running into Clark. The scene makes him look like he's really clumsy and not just putting on an act. Otherwise, he's a jerk for endangering the life of someone since ramming into Superman with a car could easily kill the driver. Uh, yeah, uh, going back to first to the uh, product placement, yes, I have noticed the Kentucky Fried Chicken and Goldfinger. I think that's just because they were in Kentucky. They thought there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken on every corner, uh, you know, because they're in, like, uh, around Lexington, Kentucky, which is my area. Uh, you know, at one point in Goldfinger, and then they're they're uh, around. Uh, you know, of course, they're in Fort Knox, and then they're around Louisville, and so they're they're all over Kentucky and Goldfinger. And but yeah, there's a there's a KFC on every corner. Wow, <laughs> there's not there's not a KFC on every corner. Uh, just about every town has a KFC, and the original KFC is in a town called Corbin, but there's here in Kentucky, but there's not a. There's not a KFC on every corner, but yeah, the, we really, the, the cab running into Clark, I know we both had problems with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy could have flew through the windshield or, or anything. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange scene. It it just, yeah, I, I can't really make it. I really can't make that scene work in my head. I just can't. Yeah, for the sake of a gag, you're a little like, wait, what? So, yeah, we were kind of both a little dubious at the at the time. Uh, so, for Superman 2 Movie Minute number 6, The Dark Side of the Moon, you got comments from Dan Doherty, Chuck Coletta, Tim Price, Gothos Mansion, Ward Hill Terry, and Brian Linton, who says, I really enjoyed your discussion of the three Phantom Zone criminals. I hadn't really thought of it before, but they kind of form a strange, twisted family with Azad as the mature parent, Ursa as the rebellious but insecure teenage daughter, and Nan as the child who just likes playing with toys. It makes me wonder how inherently evil Ursa and Nan were before meeting Zod. In my mind, I can imagine Zod first finding Ursa and Nan as two vulnerable individuals who he deliberately twists into their current evil selves as he empowers them and gives them a purpose in life. That makes uh, that idea makes Zod that much more evil to me and lends a tragic tone to Ursa and Nan's stories. I like that, Brian, a lot. I don't know if that's ever been covered in any of the comics or anything, but because uh, Nan in the comics is not like a big lunkhead the way he is here. But I like that. That's a cool backstory that they maybe weren't that bad. They were just kind of disaffected, and Zod figured out he could manipulate them and took them down this dark road. So I dig that a lot. Yeah, that works. That would actually work with our, you know, Ursa as the ejected uh, Kryptonian Girl Scout. Yeah. Uh, you know, like she she didn't she gets kicked out of the Girl Scouts and Zod comes along and, you know, basically twists her into even more evil deeds. So, yeah, I like it. <laughs> 
Uh, Superman 2 movie minute number seven, The Honeymooners, uh, with our special guest Brian Hyler. Uh, we had a uh, we had comments from Gold Dragon 71, Clinton Robinson, Luke Allett, and Mick, and John P. Greco says, I went to Niagara Falls shortly after seeing this movie. The Honeymoon Haven Hotel building is actually a souvenir shop slash restaurant. My friend and I also spent quite a bit of time trying to determine which rock formation along the Great Gorge was the one where Lois and Clark came back on shore. Good times. That's really cool. I have never been to Niagara Falls, but I can imagine, you know, much like Lois, who was not, you know, taken in by the spectacle, I would be taken in more by the fact that Christopher Reeve was here. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is where Superman 2 was shot. (laughs) Chris, at some point when we have when we're flush with Patreon money, you and I have to go and get a photograph of ourselves checking in at the Honeymoon Haven Hotel or so, or not checking in, but like it's a super shop, but standing there, like just in front of the logo. That would be awesome. <laughs> be so that fun. would be. Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> We're getting some yeah. orange juice freshly squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's cool. I love that. So um, we got comments for Superman 2 movie minute number eight. Yeah, honey, that's nice. Got comments from Gothos Mansion, <laughs> Tim Price, and Mick, who says, Okay, so I've commented on various platforms that I've just arrived back from Niagara Falls, having visited over the 4th of July holiday. The whole trip, but especially as we walked around the railing uh, way by the falls, I explained to my son, my wife, and daughter, since they were also within earshot, the whole Superman 2 scene, since he's 8 and has only seen the first movie. Of course, after hearing about the scene, he wanted to attempt the move. Not wanting to have Chris appear and have to shame me as a parent, I advised him against it. I think I found this spot where the scene was filmed but i'm going to do a rewatch with my son this week to double check great episode gentlemen keep up the great work and hold on to those rails tight (laughs) (laughs) i love kids i love the simplicity of kids they're like let me try it like no you're not going to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) again that just uh you know the whole natural selection thing in that that scene is just great. But yeah, now everybody's going to Niagara Falls. I want to go. So yeah, we yep, we definitely yep. need to go. We, we got to play. <laughs> yep. Uh, so episode number nine, it's fantastic. Uh, was uh, we had comments from Matt Sorois, Gothos Mansion, Brian Hughes, and Brian Linton, who said thanks for another entertaining episode, gentlemen. I like to think that the kid Superman rescued at Niagara Falls returned home from his vacation and told all of his friends about what happened to him. Of course, his friends don't believe him. Therefore, he decides to jump on, jump. <laughs> Therefore, he decides to jump off the roof of his house so that Superman can save him again in front of all of his friends. Thus, his fate was only temporary, temporarily averted by Superman. <laughs> <laughs> As an aside, the kid's parents don't realize that anything's happened to him until three days later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Ah, I love it. Yeah, Brian, I can actually see that happening because, you know, Superman's not around. When, you know, he was just happened to be at Niagara Falls because he was there for a story. So, yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we awesome. know some parents that are like that, so it's entirely possible. Uh, for Superman 2 Movie Minute number 10, this is really embarrassing. We've got comments from Matt Royce, Robert Markham, Lewis, Zoom Yukinori, hey, our pal, Tim Price, and Max Traver, who says, Robin Chris, thanks for this show. The Superman Movie Minute original and sequel recipe has been one of my favorite new things over the past couple of years. I need to do a rewatch of this movie, as I last saw it when I was a kid, and likely even didn't notice all the ADR stuff going on. Reeves and Kidder, though, still stand out for me as one of the best on-screen dual performances in movie history. And hearing you guys go over back over their work has only confirmed that. Keep them flying. Thank you, Max. That's very nice. Yes, it was. Very much so. Yeah, and I, we, we agree that, that – uh, and we'll have more to say about that at the end. But, yeah, Reeves and Kidder yep. are yep. 
one of the be- best couples in, in cinema, I think. Uh, Superman 2 movie minute number 11, Powers Beyond Reason. Uh, was uh, We got comments from Matt Sorois, Doug Bandiver, John P. Greco, Dan Doherty, Gold Dragon 71, Robert Markham, Gothos Mansion, and Tim Price, who wrote in to say, Zod's almost blasé acceptance of their newfound powers is what made him so cool. Mr. Stamp's portrayal was so calculating and almost subdued, which makes the big outburst that much better. I also appreciate more and more that Stamp wasn't a big athletic guy on par with Reeve. That kind of casting doesn't happen as much today. He doesn't have to look like a match for Reeve. His performance does it all. You know, that's a good point. Now, you know, nowadays, like when they, like the, the villain has to be the physical equal of the hero in a lot of ways. And especially if they're both like super powered, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I mean, you know, Stamp was kind of a slight built guy and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean he's he commands every scene he's in because he's well he's Terrence Stamp. That's why. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny that Tim says there's parts of his performance which is almost subdued because that's not a word you associate with Terrence Stamp as General Zod. Because of course everybody just remembers the big moments, but that's true. There is moments where he dials it way down, which makes it a good performance. Otherwise, you couldn't just have a guy screaming every line because it would get old really fast but uh it's sort of funny that he does he dials it up and dials it down but when he dials it up man it's you know to paraphrase spinal tab it goes to 11 when he dials yeah. it up so. there's so many great scenes where he's just rolling his eyes at what non mm-hmm. and ursa are doing yeah i love it <laughs> yeah. uh for superman 2 movie minute number 12 sheriff pepper's only hearts club band we got comments <laughs> from i went a little far with that one we got comments from dan doherty siskoid david ace gutierrez daniel ulrich doug van diver gothos mansion tim Price and Matt Royce, who says Superman with James Bond, Zod teams with Blofeld, Non, and Jaws. Sounds like a screenplay by Bob Haney. <laughs> it <does>. Dig it, Daddy O. <laughs> that is Zany Haney, definitely. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I want that movie to exist so bad. Oh, I want a comic adaptation drawn by Jim Aparo. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. Chris, you're killing me. Oh, he man. never got to draw Superman enough, and when he did, he looked awesome. So it's great, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man, oh, making me sad now. All right, let's move, let's move on. I can't live with it. I can't deal oh, with this. Okay, okay. Superman <laughs> two movie minute number thirteen. Please put my daddy down with Andrew Leyland. Uh, we got, <laughs> you didn't get enough bad English impersonations from from me in the Scrooge episode of Film the Water. Now here's another. Uh, can't live without these things, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got comments from Gene Hendricks, Max Trevor. Tim Price, Andrew Leyland himself, and Jack Bond, who said, uh, great job as usual and great guest. Andy's discovery of Donner's lost footage reminds me of reading Marvel's Pizzazz magazine back in the day. (laughs) In a cover story on Superman the movie, the cover was the photo of Christopher Reeve in the Superman costume in front of the skyline, but with a word balloon to the effect that it was his proudest moment to appear on a Marvel magazine. I love Marvel couldn't resist tweaking that a little bit. <laughs> I've seen that cover. It's all yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh he goes on to write an actress on the Superman I'm sorry, an actress on the Spider-Man TV show who'd been a stunt woman on Superman described a stunt that involved falling from a building, bouncing off an awning, and landing in a moving fruit cart. That scene kept me mystified for years, and then you had to wait for the Donner cut to see it, Jack. So yeah, that's uh, that. That's cool. That that you know, even back then there were these. I mean, because obviously they filmed probably before they knew that Donner was even fired from the film. They, you know, they, they there was all these these talks of these scenes that they'd filmed, and nobody would see them for you know thirty years. So <laughs> that's that's crazy. 
Yeah, that would have driven me crazy if I had read that at the time. Would have been like, wait, what? What is that scene? Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. That's really cool. I do. Uh, that cover is great. That pizzazz cover is fantastic. Marvel must have just been like, hey. yeah. Uh, <laughs> good luck getting Spider-Man in one of your magazines, DC. I think Stan was uh, involved with that magazine. I think at one point pretty heavily. That might even been him did, that did that. It wouldn't surprise me. It sounds like something he'd do. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, Superman 2, Movie Minute number 14. Every super breath you take. We've got comments from Matt Rice, Gene Hendricks, Gold Dragon 71, Tim Price, Mark Baker Wright, and Doug Vandiver, who says, True, Zod sure did want Jor-El to bow down before him, but then one day your heir will throw his hands in the air like the ceiling ain't there. Later, hater is pretty sure how his next line in the, in the first movie went. <laughs> <laughs> Another deleted scene we never got to see. Oh, I just I can hear Terrence Stamp saying that, and it's hilarious. I just uh, yeah, that uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert voice, kind of (laughs) in that outfit. No, Uh, Superman 2 movie minute number 15. Let's talk about Kryptonian sex. Uh, cue the salt and pepper. Uh, let's see. Uh, David A. Scudieres, Robert Markham, Tim Price, Ange, Brian Linton, Gothos Mansion, Michael Lane, Mark Baker Wright, Ward Hill Terry, John P. Greco, and Schizopolis 23 wrote in, and Golden Dragon said, I think they reused that bed for the James Bond film Octopussy, complete with the silver sheets. <laughs> How could you not, man? Whoever built those sheets, why you? I'd put them in every movie you could get your get your hands on. Well, they probably, you know, they were on the Pinewood Studios, uh, so that's where they filmed all the James Bond movies too. So, yeah, and it just, you know, the unified, the unified, your unified James Bond Superman theory. That's so, right. that's you know, right. it all works. Yeah, <laughs> hope, hope they clean them. That's all I'll say. So, uh, for Superman 2, movie minute number 16, with E.G. Marshall as the president. You get comments from Chuck Coletta and Tim Price, who says, Oh, God, Zod. I don't care what anyone says. I love that bit. I still love that bit. And you can quote it with anyone who has or hasn't seen this movie, and they get it. That's movie immortality right there. Love! Exclamation mark. Yeah, it's a great. We, we really went crazy for that moment. It's a, it's a fantastic line. And as you say, Tim, people know it who don't even haven't even seen the, the film, which is amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. Uh, Superman 2 movie minute number 17, Wish You Were Here with Bob Fisher. We got comments from Golden Dragon 71, Dan Doherty, Gene Hendricks, John P. Greco, Doug Vandiver, Gord Tolton, Tim Price, and Ryan Daly, our pal, who said, when I took sex ed in high school, we discussed the consequences of sexual intercourse, including unwanted pregnancy, HIV, and other sexually transmitted diseases. Curiously, the teacher never mentioned that sex takes Superman's powers away, leading him to getting his ass kicked by an ice road trucker. <laughs> Lousy public school. <laughs> I'm guessing Reese is going to go to a charter school based on this comment now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. And he'll, he'll have arguments and say, well, honey, he, they, didn't teach him a, they didn't teach me about Superman losing his powers in sex ed class. I can't send him to a public school. <laughs> you know, it's, it, Angie might even buy that argument, though. You know, it's just possible. She, she might. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah uh, so <laughs> for uh, Superman 2 Movie Minute number 18, let's make a deal with special guest John Trumbull. We've got comments from Kelly Rogers, Lewis, Tim Price, and Alastair Hughes, who's uh, my favorite Scrooge. Uh, says, uh, wonderful episode as ever. Thank you very much. I have a share. I have to share a quick story about my first viewing of this film in my early teens. Here in New Zealand, we have a very frenemy-like relationship with our larger neighbors across the Tasman Sea. And when Luthor grinned through his cigar, flourished the V sign, and asked for Australia, some of the audience yelled, "Let him have it. We don't want it." 
But, uh, <laughs> but overall, that's great. But overall, it was this screening more than anything else which transformed me into a lifelong fan of The Man of Tomorrow. During the climactic battle under and above Metropolis, the whole cinema audience, New Zealanders, are usually a notoriously reserved crowd, unless it's an Ali Black's rugby match, uh, or Al Black's rugby match, uh, All Black. I can't, why can't I say the word all? All Black's rugby match. Uh, went absolutely crazy for Superman. Perhaps it was a little ironically intended, or maybe this spontaneous release of enthusiasm could have happened could have happened at another film. But that night, the entire packed cinema clapped and cheered and yelled for all they were worth. I'd never experienced uh, an audience. Yeah, wow. I'd never experienced an audience responding to a film like that before, and I doubt I ever will again. Walking out of that cinema with John Williams' beloved score still blaring from the speakers, I felt like I wanted to fly. We used to cheer the Cowboys at the movies, said my dad afterwards. Now they're cheering for Superman. What a story! <laughs> it's amazing. That's, awesome. yeah. that's the kind of story you would put in like one of those documentaries about the movie. That's. That's fantastic. Thank you, uh, Alstair, for, for writing in. That's am- that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it reminds me of the story of, of you watching it with all the kids and them yeah, cheering, yeah. and and you know, it's just great. Yeah, it's when you get that moment. That's like the crowd I had. Like I've, I've said a million times, the, the crowd I had at Endgame was right, like that. Right. I mean, everybody was into it when they needed to be. Nobody was being loud and obnoxious when. When to the point of being annoying, unless some people thought me going, yeah, it was annoying when Cap <laughs> caught the hammer. I don't give a shit if you thought it was annoying, uh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that it's that doesn't happen very often. But when you're in that, that it's just it's you're just in that moment, and everybody's yeah. in that yep. moment with you. It's it's just a great feeling. And Alistair is uh, he's actually he wrote the the book Info Gothic, which is an awesome book on. Hammer films with all these cool, neat little infographics. It's a lot of fun, and and so yeah, the guy the guy knows his movie. So yeah, so, that, that, oh wow, that's, that's super cool. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, Superman two movie minute number nineteen. Would you care to step outside with Michael Bailey? Yeah, it's Michael Bailey. Uh, Gold Dragon seventy one. Matt Saros, Gene Hendricks, Doug Van Diver. Tim Price wrote in, and our pal David Ace Gutierrez, executive producer of Pod Dylan, he wrote in to say the. The greatest moment in the golden age of comic-based movies. And like my brother Robert, I was big-time disappointed in finding the single greatest line in Superman movies missing from the Donner Cut. I say, why bother if you don't include it? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I agree with both sentiments, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I know you feel the same way. It, it is the greatest moment in any comic book movie. I would say any, not even just the Golden Age. I'd say any. And yeah, the minute I heard, well, I was, I was, I said this in the previous episode. I was a little dodgy on the Donner cut as it was rolling on, but when we got to that line and it wasn't in, I was like, okay, no, we can't go back. Like this is this is just not going to be as good uh, because that line has to be in the movie, and if it's not, it's not the same movie. So there you go. Yeah, I think I think that's where the. <sighs> That's where the Donner cut, you know, where the 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 fealty to to including as much Donner footage as you can, y- you lose the superior the yep. superior sh- shot of, yep. of that of that scene, and and yeah, and it's definitely yeah, it it, it it is an iconic iconic moment in all film, let alone superhero movies, and uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta agree with uh, with David there, you know, it's it is the greatest moment in the golden age of, of comic-based movies. So, yeah. Yep. 
uh, from Superman 2 Movie Minute number 20. Wow, home run with special guest Dan Greenfield. You got comments from Gotham's Mansion, Brian Linton, Captain Entropy, Tim Price, and Ward Hill Terry, who says, I remember seeing the movie, but little of the details except the manhole cover. Why doesn't it shatter on Superman? I can't be sure that bugged me instantly, but it certainly bugged me very soon after and ever since. Until yesterday, when I was listening and no prize myself an answer. Ursa, I really wanted to type Fiora Huel, hurled the manhole cover so fast that it was approaching the speed of light and its mass increased. Increased at least to beyond Kryptonian density. So that's one little piece of annoyance from this movie. I can put the rest. <laughs> I'm picturing Ward Hill laying in his pillow and he's like, his eyes are open. And his wife is like, honey, go to sleep. He's like, I can't. The, I, the manhole cover it doesn't make any sense. Just sitting there, just oh, so frustrated. So I'm glad he was able to resolve that for himself. Yeah, thank goodness. We don't want to, you know, I'm glad our show provided a service so he could finally get some sleep after, you know, 40 years almost. So, (laughs) (laughs) Superman 2 movie minute number 21 Coke and cigarettes. Another great one. Uh, we got comments from Gothos Mansion, J.W. Pepper. Wow, Sheriff Pepper wrote in. Uh, David A. Scooter. <laughs> so from Beyond the Grave, too. Uh, Tim Price, Dan Doherty, and Captain Entropy, who said, A few thoughts on another fun episode. Number one, of course, neon signs explode. Li- of course, neon signs explode like that. I saw it in an 80s documentary about sword wielding immortals living among us under assumed names. <laughs> I know one of our friends probably does think that's a documentary. I you know? think that's probably <laughs> accurate, yeah. <laughs> Number two, seeing the people on the bus scrambling to save their own lives instead of becoming paralyzed by fear and waiting for bad things to happen to them, that's the kind of small detail that makes a huge difference in the quality of a film. In a few seconds, the commuters become more real and more admirable in their own right. Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, Captain Entropy's right. I mean, the, the little things we see out of people in these films – I mean, I know we picked on the horrible parents at Niagara Falls, but the fact that, you know, that these people do try to save themselves as much as possible. And then even though they have no chance against the Phantom Zone villains, when they think they've killed Superman, they go after him with whatever they've got. You know, mm-hmm. Andy, you got to admire them for that. <laughs> I got a lot of pluck. I like it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. it's a good scene. It's a really good scene. Uh, Superman 2 Movie Minute number 22, Home Field Advantage. we got comments from Matt Sorois, Doug Van Diver, Ward Hill Terry, Gothos Mansion, Tim Price, and once again, David Ace Gutierrez, who says, Oh boy, now this was the scene that confounded me even as a child. When I thought it was weird the baddies developed different powers than Superman, as they demonstrated with those levitation beams, I always thought this went a bit too far. Maybe it was because the Superman I knew wasn't the wacky one that could create mini duplicates of himself by rubbing his fingers together, or that managed to have never-before-mentioned power that happened to fit whatever situation called for it in his comic. But this weird power beams, the multiple Superman trick, it was a bit much. I could buy the cellophane S. Clark's in his castle. He has his bag of tricks. I get that. But then can he can be everywhere at once? It wasn't until I figured that maybe the Fortress had some alien tech that, one, none of the Kryptonians recognized for whatever reason, even though they were military and had a greater understanding of all things Krypton than Clark. Two, it's just a movie. Honestly, this was the part that keeps Superman 2 from beating out Superman 1. I'm with C. Franks on the rankings for this pair of Superman films. Also, did Rob grow up with a life-size replica of the fortress in the southern wing of his mansion? I remember he had a custom Batcave built, so I wondered if this was constructed too. I know his backyard had the prototype of the Superman Land roller coaster that was going to be built in Metropolis, Illinois. You know, I tried to get it finished, but it was damn zoning laws. Thanks for bringing that up, David. (laughs) 
and that and that amusement park was uh, you know part of it was apparently designed by Neil Adams. So you know there you go. So <laughs> it would have been amazing. It would have been such an amazing. When I saw that in the Treasury Edition, uh, they were even thinking of that. I was, like, oh, what a lost opportunity that could have been. Oh, I know, I know, and I mean it's and there's no there's no like I mean there's amusement parks around, but I mean it would have been in a you know off to itself somewhere where it could have really I think flourished too. So it's a shame it never happened. So oh. yeah. Uh, Superman 2 movie minute number 23, How to Spot a Poisonous Snake. Uh, Matt Sorois, Robert Markham, Max Trevor, Gene Hendricks, Brian K., Brian Lenton, Ward Hill Terry, Tim Price wrote in, and Doug Vandiver said, For this movie, my headcanon fits in a mid-credit scene because mid-credit scenes. We see Luthor and Otis back in their prison cell, this time with Zod Non as their new cellmates. Non has appropriated Lex's hairpiece for himself. Otis is getting the expected amount of cooperation from the other three in a round of row, 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 row your boat uh, that he's trying to start up. I start, I think I did it kind of like Captain Kirk then. Do you know row, 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 row your boat? Uh, but, that's not, but that's not all. The credits finish up, and a post credit scene follows. In a women's prison, Eve Tessmacher and Ursa are likewise sharing a cell, but unlike the boys, these two have quickly seen fit to make friendly. So a caper they're going to pull off together is already in the planning stages. Not unlike a certain Harley and Ivy. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I want that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god, I would imagine a, a Superman like with Valerie Perrine and Sarah Douglas teaming up. Oh man, that would have been oh super cool. Uh, I, the, our 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 listeners are such vivid imaginations. This is great. Uh, Superman 2 Movie Minute number 24, Sealed with a Kiss. We've got comments from Matt Royce, Shazopolis 23, Captain Entropy, David Gutierrez, Gothos Mansion, and Gold Dragon 71, who says, The super kiss doesn't bother me in this instance. I would have preferred to have him say something along the lines of, We have to break up as Superman and Lois, but maybe we could give Lois and Clark a try. Unfortunately, it's pretty clear that somewhere between the North Pole and Metropolis, Superman gave Lois the Dear Jane speech about her, and her comment about not being able to fly with him anymore was the conclusion of that conversation. So Superman flies off thinking everything's all right and sleeps like a baby while Lois is all up, up all night crying. The next day, he sees that he's really misjudged how, how affected Lois is by the fact that they can't be together, and he sees that she's really not coping with it well, so in order to help her move on, he's giving her the super kiss. Not so much that he can continue to romance her, but so that the knowledge of everything they've done will be pushed down to her subconscious as part of her brain will be able to process it as they go forward. And in some ways, she does just that. But we'll talk more about that later in Superman 3 movie minute when you guys get to it. My real problem is with Superman 4. You too? Uh, at one point in the film, Clark <laughs> reveals or re-reveals his secret to Lois. They go on a flight together, and when they get back, he basically uses her for a sounding board for his doubts about what to do about the kid and wants to, who wants him to get rid of the nukes. Lois basically gives him a pep talk and says to do just what he thinks is right. Then he reiterates the title line about not being able to have one person above all, but to love humanity as a whole. At that point, he performs the second super kiss. Wrong! At this point, Lois has had some six years to process the whole Clark-Superman dynamic in her subconscious, and we get past all the tears and whatnot. Now she's in a better place. She can handle the BS Kryptonian killjoy line and get all broken up about it. Although it does help, he adds, it isn't fair afterwards. I'd love to see an alternate ending where Superman kisses her. She swoons, he changes into Clark, wakes her, and later when she finds out she's sick, she reveals that the kiss didn't make her forget the second time. I don't, uh, you know, Gold Dragon. I don't even know where to start. We all know about my feelings about Superman Four, which we will get to eventually. Uh, but I'm glad that you tried a, a way to put a lipstick on that particular pig. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. I mean, when that happened in Superman Four, I'm like, oh, really? I mean, even as a you know kid, when I saw that, I'm like, is he? He's doing it to her again. I mean, this is just this is just and wrong. Cruel, you know? Awful. And mo- <laughs> that movie is terrible. I'm sorry, Michael Bailey. That movie's terrible. <laughs> I think him and Andy just did an episode on that. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. So, so if you want, if you want some coverage of Superman Four, I mean, eventually we'll do one episode on Superman Four. But if if you want some coverage of that, you can go listen to that. So. <laughs> Superman 2 Movie Minute number 25, Garbage Eating Garbage with Mike Gillis. Uh, we had uh, comments from Matt Sorois, Gord Tolton, David A. Gutierrez, Doug Van Diver, Kelly Rogers, Ange Gothos Mansion, Alexander Osias, and Ward Hill Terry, and Jeff Owens uh, from Classic Horrors Club Podcast wrote in to say, Love the podcast. Sorry the credits are rolling at the end of this one. I'm one of those people that doesn't care for the diner scene at the end of Superman 2. I mean, I like it. It's a feel-good ending and expertly manipulates the emotions, but it just doesn't feel right to me. After everything he's been through, it's like Superman has had this nagging at the back of his mind and isn't going to consider business concluded until he takes care of that guy. Would he be so petty? Why does he need the satisfaction? That's why I'm very interested in that potential cutscene where a bump in the lobby makes him think of the diner. It's less calculated and more organic, if that makes sense. I appreciate your acknowledgement of other opinions, and I certainly appreciate yours. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, you know, yeah, like I said, some people just don't like the the Rocky scene. I mean, I, I, for one, have never had a problem with it, but there are quite a few people. And, you know, Jeff is, you know, obviously very, very knowledgeable about them. You don't have to be knowledgeable about them to have that opinion, but Jeff, you know, uh, it does a podcast about horror films and all sorts of, you know, other films and stuff. So he's knowledgeable about films and, you know, how films wrap up. And, and, uh, so, you know, I mean, his opinion is as valid as the next guy. And, and there's a lot of people that share that same opinion. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, you know, we're able to, to address the fact that despite uh, Mike's enthusiasm for the Rocky scene and the fact that you and I both like it, a lot of people have a problem with it. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I, like you, I appreciate it. I like it. I don't have a problem with it, but I get why people do. You know, right. like I don't, I don't go what? And no, I get it. So, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, Jeff does uh, host the Classic Horrors podcast with Chris and I. It, not with Chris and I, which Chris and I both really love. So, uh, cut out a uh, shout out for uh, that show. Uh, finally, uh, comments for Superman Two Movie Minute Number Twenty Six: The Donner Cut. We got comments from Captain Entropy, David S. Gutierrez, Shizopolis Twenty Three, Alan W. Wright, Brian Linton, Chris Cavanaugh, Tim Price, Dan Doherty, Danny Ulrich, Andy Robb, Mike Lacroix, you know, Jack Robinson, uh, Gotham's Mansion, who throws in a, a mention of Laura Gemster just because he wants Laura Gemster to be mentioned on another Fire and Water show. Thank you, Gotham's. And we got a comment from Andy Arnie Harchick, who says, "Thank you, Chris and Rob. I don't really have any major comments. Just wanted to chime in and let you know that I'm listening to the shows and enjoying every minute of Superman Movie Minute. I was there in the theater for Superman the Movie and Superman Two. It was nice to go back with you and relive the magic. I look forward to more." Thanks. Well, thank you, Arnie. Uh, Chris and I have been having a really good time doing these shows. We love these movies, and uh, it's been great that people have been following along so closely. So thank you for the comment. Yeah, thanks. Then thanks, everybody, for leaving the comments. Uh, it was fun to go back and read them again, and uh, and uh, you guys have been great in, in sticking with us through the, through the film. And uh, it, it's just – it's really encouraging when we get such great feedback and – and back and forth uh, with the listeners, and uh, it's just it, it just makes it it just makes it that much more fun. I mean, I have a blast recording with you, Rob. But when we get 
this community of, of listeners involved, it really, it's really very fulfilling. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to jump over to iTunes reviews. we got two Superman 2-centric iTunes reviews uh, since the last time. Uh, uh, so if you guys want to leave more, that'd be great. So then when we do Superman 3, we can read those. Uh, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so we got uh, one from The Huckman, and uh, the title is Great Superman Podcast. It says, Fantastic job, guys. I love this podcast and its format. If you're a fan of the Christopher Reeve Superman films, give this a listen. The hosts really keep things engaging and moving along and treat the source material with great love and respect, while still taking some good jabs and and things that needed jabbing. And they're pretty funny as well. Can't wait for the next one. Cue the music. So thank <laughs> you very much, the, the, yeah. the Huckman. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Huckman. That's, a good, that's great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, and the other five-star review we got was from Gold Dragon. Hey, there he is again. Two great movies, one super podcast. Uh, as a lifelong fan of the Superman movies, I was very interested to hear of this podcast. I started just as the coverage began on Superman 2, so I'm going back between episodes to listen to the coverage of Superman the movie. Both films were big parts of my growing up as I watched Superman in the theaters at 7 and the next day ran around the house with my red windbreaker tied around my neck as a makeshift cape and my arms thrust forward. Too bad I could only do this for one or two laps where the cold Connecticut winter reminded me that I was unseasonably dressed for such antics. With Superman 2, I was much more fortunate that it was a summer movie. All these years later, I still get a kick out of watching these films. Although, to be honest, Superman 2 has become something of a nitpicking party for me. Part of it has to do with the fact that my mindset towards Superman is solidly in the post-burn reboot era, the other being that the conflicting versions have inspired me to post various comments. Well, nitpicking the questionable logic or actions of the characters. I'm sure you'll agree that there's no disrespect or shame in having some good-natured fun picking apart such long-respected films. In my own view, if I didn't like a movie, I wouldn't still be talking about it 40 years later. Thanks for providing all of us nitpickers with so much great material to discuss and debate. Thank you very much, Gold Dragon. <laughs> and yes, uh, Chris and I would not still be talking about Superman movies to this extent, spending this much of our time away from our families uh, doing this if we didn't enjoy uh, these films. So again, thank you for the comment. Uh, it was really awesome. And I just want to point this out, Chris. Uh, if you noticed, we the Superman 2, Superman Movie Minute Show has 27 reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. They are all five stars. I We have to go back and look, but I think this might be the only show in the network that has an all-five-star record. Every show wow. on the Fire and Water, Pod Dylan, they all have a couple of clunkers in there. This is the only show I think that, we're, that we have a 100% five-star rating, so we're awesome. We're, we're uh, considered uh, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. I didn't know. I think you're right. So yeah, that's that's. Now you watch somebody to leave us a like a three star. I know. Oh, I'm asking for trouble. Yeah, I shouldn't have, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. And don't do that, everybody. Please let us let us enjoy this. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's just a couple of emails that we got in at uh, fireandwaterpodcast.comcast.net. I just want to read because I want to make sure these people get represented too. We got a comment from someone named Charlie who says, uh, Hi, guys. Really enjoyed your coverage, Superman 2. Like uh, both of you, I would love to see some ultimate cut of the movie to include some of the best parts of the Lester and Donner versions. Have you seen the work done by Cellutron for his cut of Superman 2? He was able to do quite a bit with minimal resources, but appears to have stopped after Warner Brothers declined to use his work for yet another Superman 2 release. First off, when it comes to the strange powers, I would rather see finger lasers than super ventriloquism. Now that is a power cause created by a writer who wrote himself into a corner. I don't know when it first appeared, but when I was doing my Superman podcast, 
It appeared a lot in the Bronze Age, and it could have easily been added to any of the Christopher Reeve movies. Also, as far as endings go, the fly-by-fly smile, the fly-by smile from Superman the movie is reused in Superman 4, while the one from Superman 2 is reused for Superman 3. Wow. Also, it isn't easy to see, but he has a sweat stain when he stretches out his arm in 2 and 3. Uh, well, that's enough for now. Looking forward to Superman 3 Movie Minute. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Yeah, the sweat stain is something that I didn't. I mean, I'll be honest, I I didn't notice till people pointed it out to me, and I'm like, I feel ba- kind of bad for not noticing it, but I guess I don't. I really don't want to see that that Christopher Reeve has sweated in a Superman no, costume. No, he's not. He's a he's a he's a demigod. He's not a human that does regular super dumb stuff like that. Right, right, and I and I, I know they went to great lengths to try to keep him from appearing to sweat in the movie, so they just yep. they missed one, you know. Yep, so, yep, yep. Uh, uh, we got another email from uh, someone named Hiley, uh, who wrote in and said, "Stamp once told a tale where he left a hotel in the middle of the night because it was deplorable, lousy service conditions, etc. He stuck outside with his luggage, wondering how he's going to get to another hotel. A car full of gangbangers drove by, stopped, backed up, and asked, "Aren't you General Zod?'" I am. I require better accommodations than this hotel. Well, hop in, General. Take you wherever you want to go. So they did. <laughs> oh, man. There's no way that story's true, but I don't care because I love it anyway. That's fantastic. That's <laughs> on one of the, the Superman uh, – it's on the Blu-ray set or DVD set, I think both. But uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but there is that one – they're talking to Terrence Stamp and – he was talking about how he still gets recognized by people, and they, they like, you know, he's walking down the street in New York somewhere or something. It's like, hey, are you that General Zod guy? And he, he just like instantly like snapped into character, and he's like, he's like, I am, and you would give me respect, Neil, or something before me. And they're all like, they just, you know, and they, they, they ate it up, you know, they loved it. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> I, love, I, I mean, that's great that he would have the presence of mind to give them that response. I am, I require, but you know, instead of just saying, yeah, like a regular guy, like you would actually think to like be Zod in that moment. So fantastic. Thank you highly for that comment. That is, that's fantastic. So uh, that's going to do it, I guess for the, for the feedback uh, on Superman two, Chris, we're done. Yeah, we're done with the feedback. Now we just got to give our final thoughts on the film. Well, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I love this movie. Uh, I, I mentioned, we mentioned in previous episodes, as a kid, I thought this was a better movie than Superman 1, simply because it delivers more comic book thrills. You know, you got a big villains and there's a giant fight scene and all that stuff. With the uh, onset of middle age <laughs> and somewhat uh, supposed maturity, uh, I think Superman, uh, the the original film, is a, is a much superior movie to Superman Two. I I see how much of a rickety contraption Superman Two is now, especially since we examined it five minutes at a time. You see how it was really stitched together with a lot of ADR, um, this uh, that kind of thing. It still holds up though for me. It's still an amazing amount of fun. It gets the Superman character right most of the time. There's some little, maybe the super sex, maybe that wasn't the greatest idea in the world. Uh, but, but it, you know, kind of related to what a film you and I both just saw rise of Skywalker and don't worry, no spoilers. You know, there's, you forgive rise of Skywalker, certain things because you know of the production reality, you know, that they were living in. Um, there's some scenes in that movie where you're like, well, they probably, that's kind of hinky, but it's because they were dealt kind of a bad hand, you know, through fate. Um, and I feel that way about Superman too, is that, you know, they, 
they didn't – I mean, yeah, they didn't have to fire Donner, but they did. And then Richard Lester was kind of stuck having to sort of piece things together in a, in a puzzle uh, kind of way with pieces that didn't quite exactly fit. And in, overall, it's amazing it holds up as well as it does. And it does deliver one of the great villain performances of all time. So I still think of Superman 2 of a piece with Superman 1. In, I think it's in its ballpark. I still think Superman the movie is one of the great films – really, one of the great American movies ever made. Uh, in terms of spectacle and science fiction, adventure, fantasy. But Superman 2, I'd say, was, is in that ballpark. So I came away with the, the film liking it just as much as I did when I went in. It's it's enormous fun. Uh, and so it was, just, it was just a blast to revisit it, especially going through it five minutes time with you. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with what you said. In fact, you you pretty much said a lot of what I had written down. Sorry about so, that. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. It, it's it, I mean, yeah, I, I just – you know, and I think, you know, going back to what we said um, at the beginning of this with that, that first uh, uh, comment we had uh, about the, 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 the Donner camp and the Salkine supporters, uh, I, I think that, you know, we got to give – while I do think, you know, Superman the movie, I, I agree with you, it's it's the superior film. Um, you know, and, and like you as a kid, I like Superman 2 better, but somewhere – Somewhere along the lines, I think like when I you know got in like you know into college and stuff and was watching the films again, I, I like realized you know Superman, Superman the movie is just it, it, it's got this it's got this epic feel. It's 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 taken such a it, it's it's done with such reverence for the material, uh, and it's just it's just a better composed film. You know, better yep. not not musically, but just you know creatively composed film. And I mean, we know Lester came at it from a totally different direction. Uh, he didn't want that David Lean look, as he said, you know. Um, but I, I, you know, and, and, and you can, you know, I, I think that I think that kind of brings the the film down a couple pegs, just because they didn't continue that that kind of epic look. But the guy deserves a whole lot of credit um, for for like you said, pulling it off. I mean, we we have seen a recent film that featured Superman and Lois Lane uh, that, that was filmed by two different directors. Uh, and, uh, I'm talking justice league y'all, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it does not stick together nearly as well as this movie does. Um, uh, it's, it's very obvious that there's, 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 there's two cooks in the kitchen, uh, and, uh, you know, one's, one's cooking, uh, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, one's, what's cooking comfort food and one's cooking some, you know, artsy. fancy French meal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, it, they're just, they, they just don't drive together. And, uh, this movie actually works. I mean, yeah, now in hindsight, you know, we can look and say, well, that scene shot by Don or that scene shot by Lester, but most, the vast majority of people don't notice that. And, uh, it's still, it still holds up. I mean, the iconic battle of Metropolis scene was almost all Lester. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, he kind of flubs it with all the goofiness he sticks in at the end, uh, with the gags, which is just too much. But I mean, the, the majority of that scene is, is awesome. It gave us something we'd never seen before in cinema. I, I still think it stands up very well. A lot of modern, uh, comic book based movies, uh, come at you at such a frenetic pace that you can't even understand what action you're looking at. Uh, this still holds up. You know, with practical effects, very well. I think for the most part. Uh, so yeah, I I really I really do think that uh, this stands 
you know, they can both stand on the podium together. I think yep. Super, uh, Superman, the movie is up on, you know, it's, it's got the gold and Superman two has got the silver, but they're on the podium together. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to point out, you know, I know we did this last time, but um, some of the performances in this film, I was not surprised to be totally, you know, enchanted by uh, Terrence Stamp's General Zod. I mean, he's just, like you said, he's one of the great screen villains of all time. Uh, You know, everyone still remembers his General Zod, even though there's been other people that have played Zod since then and good actors that have played General Zod. You know, Terrence Stamp Zod is still, I think, comes to mind when people think of General Zod, they think of him. Um, But I've got to give a lot of credit to uh, Jack O'Halloran and... uh, uh, you know, who who did a lot with a very little. Uh, it could have been a very thankless role, but he he his the nuance he brought to the silent performance <laughs> he gave uh, really makes you like Non, despite the fact that he's doing some pretty horrible things. Uh, <laughs> and and Sarah Douglas just I loved watching. Yeah, her. <laughs> she was really we really I discovered lots of new notes in in this I'd never seen before. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she she really she really just uh, you know she took command of every scene that she was in with like this devilish delight. You know, she just loved every minute of it. But she also, you never lost the fact that she was completely awed and revered this revered this uh, Zod. You know that uh, you know she just she just hung on every word he said. So it, you know that's not easy to pull off, but uh, she did it, and I, I just thought she was great. That I, if, if one definitely one thing that came out of this was a greater appreciation for her. Yeah, in, in yep. this role. Yeah, uh, and and again, our our leads. Uh, you know, Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Uh, you know, Christopher Reeve has. I mean, surprisingly, he said he enjoyed making Superman two more than the first film, which is surprising, but he got to flesh out his Clark Kent character, uh, quite a bit in this one. And, uh, you know, add, add a little depth and, and, uh, you know, he wasn't just, uh, disguise and in, in this one so much, he got to do a little more as Clark and, uh, you know, Margot, you know, did not have a good time making this movie by all accounts, you know, her own accounts. Um, Obviously, she had a pretty bad falling out, you know, with the Saul Kinds. Um, she said some pretty <laughs> bad things about them. Uh, She's not shy, our Margo. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, as this movie was being publicized, basically, uh, you know, and marketed. So uh, one of the reasons she's barely in Superman 3. Uh, she was not happy that Dick Donner was fired. Um, she was the most vocal about it. Um, and, uh, but you can't tell by her performance. Um, I, I, you know, she's, you know, the Eiffel Tower scene we talked about, she was fantastic. And, uh, you know, the scenes with her and, uh, Christopher Reeve in the, at, at the, uh, the honeymoon suite in Niagara Falls and Niagara Falls in general that, you know, those are all shot by Lester and, uh, and then the most of the scenes in the fortress that we saw in the film uh, when they're on their date leading up to the super sex, that's all shot by Lester. And she's great and she's fully committed. And we know she's not method like uh, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve uh, could be. Uh, so I got to give her a lot of props for, you know, she she gave a great performance despite being apparently not very happy with the situation she was in. I, that's, I guess that's what being a professional is all about. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I've, I mean, I think that's all I've got to say about Superman 2. What about you? 
Yeah, I think we're we're done. Uh, it's always these things are always a little daunting when we take them on, and of course we will be doing Superman three at some point in twenty twenty. We're not sure uh, just when, but we will be doing it. Of course, uh, we always have to thank our Patreon supporters. You can support the network over on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash fw podcast, and you can unlock various rewards there. One of which is to get name checked on a fine water show of your choice. So we always have to thank uh, Henry Bernstein and David Gallagher for their support of. Superman Movie Minute. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, we'd love to read your comments on Superman 2 over at firewaterpodcast.com. You can leave us a review in uh, on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined, and we'll read it when we get to <laughs> when we get to the Superman three feedback. I guess I actually am. I actually am really looking forward to Superman three. I, I I think you know that movie is often dismissed as a flop. But it was actually a big hit. I mean, it yeah, no, a- it was not a flop. No, by no. any stretch of imagination, I made Warner Brothers a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of the people. You know, I think I enjoy Superman three more than Rob. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm one of those people who feel it is very much. Uh, an average Bronze Age issue of Superman turned into a film. I mean, you can argue that they shouldn't have turned an average Bronze Age issue of Superman into a film, but I, I do think that film has merits that are often overlooked. So I'm I'm looking forward to discussing that one. I don't know if we'll change some people's opinions. I don't I don't know. I'm not really after changing people's opinions. I just I'm just looking forward to discussing it, talking about the the good, the bad, and the unfortunate uh, of the film. I think there's quite a bit of good in it, and uh, I I'm just looking forward to it. I think that's a movie that uh, you know Superman one and Superman two are are, are fairly beloved by a, a, a good number of people. Superman three is where you're starting to lose people, so mm-hmm. it'll be. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what our take is as as we go through it, and um, my opinion may may change. You know, may, maybe I'll be like, nah, maybe this was more, <laughs> maybe this was more, uh, uh, maybe some of the other people are more right about it. But I I think the 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 great parts of Superman three are really great. So I'm 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 looking I'm looking forward to talking about it. I haven't seen Superman three in in years, so it'll be uh, it'll fascinating for me to kind of revisit the film because. Uh, you know, it'll be kind of like a rediscovery. I mean, Superman two. I saw new things in this uh, while watching it, but but um, you know, I was still pretty familiar with the movie. But Superman three, I'm not going to say I'll be coming in fresh, but it'll it'll definitely be like watching the film new for the kind of new for the first time because it's it's been so long. So I'll probably discover lots of things that. I either like or don't like about the movie, and uh, we'll we'll find out sometime in, in 2020. <laughs> That's right. Uh, before we go, we should uh, thank uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for uh, starting this movie by minute family and welcome us into it and allowing us to use that format. Be sure to check out all the great movie shows at moviesbyminute.com. I guess our never-ending battle has actually ended for now, but as we said, stay tuned for Superman 3 Movie Minute coming soonish to a podcatcher near you. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again.